0: unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stenson. Hi everyone, it's Mark Stenson and you've come back to our podcast unlocking your world of creativity. And you know we've gone around the world literally from Oslo, Cambodia, Amsterdam, and all points in between. And today our creative travels take us to Belfast, Northern Ireland. and it's always been a place that I've wanted to visit, but a virtual visit will have to do for today. We have a delightful guest, a real bright spot in our otherwise difficult world these days. Please meet Kara Macklin.
1: Oh, Mark, thank you for having me here.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I think about the symbol of creativity is so often the light bulb. And, you know, we we have to shine some light on this world these days, don't we?
1: Yes, ironically, that's I would be very similar. It's it's certainly how I view it. And and there's a lot of the world that needs to be illuminated, people and ideas, and and we certainly see need it at this, at this moment in time.
0: Well, Kara is an entrepreneur, but also a success advisor, a trusted advisor to many other entrepreneurs. And we're going to get into, you know, what it takes to really re-spark sometimes creativity if entrepreneurs get too lost in the day-to-day of their business. And so we'll definitely get into that.
1: And I've also created um, a hidden page on my website specifically for your listeners. So I've got a webinar that, that they can download. So, you know, a lot of the tips and things I've done. So it's my website, which is caram.org.uk forward slash unlocking your world of creativity. So mm-hmm. when they go into that page, obviously they'll see your logo and whatnot. And that's where they can get the, the free download um, of the, the webinar and, and listen a bit more in terms of some of my advice and, and
0: what can help them. Kara, I love the story uh, that you tell about how you became an entrepreneur yourself, even at a very young age, 15 years old. Tell us about that.
1: Sure. Well, to put it into context, Mark, I, you know, for anyone thinking that is very young, I, I grew up in my family business. So as I tell people, my education probably started about five years old around the kitchen table. Um. 15 was my first profitable business actually my first business was at eight years old Um, so I made jewelry for friends of my mom's and um, so that was I would be creative when I was younger and it didn't make any money though Um, so that was the first lesson at 15 then I decided with my older brother that we lived in the countryside in Northern Ireland and we didn't drive so the only way to get out socially and get our friends out was to organize transport so we decided if Maybe six times a year we would organise a coach or a bus to our local nightclub Um, and the the bus had 52 seats on it so him and I obviously needed a seat which was free. The other 50 seats we charged £5 per seat and the bus cost us £100. So we had £150 profit at 15 years old kind of every 68 weeks and I hope there's no tax people listening to this, but we obviously didn't pay any tax on that either. That lesson came later <laughs> well, on in life. I think
0: the statute of limitations might be passed.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, yeah, and that was all my friends say it was the start of, you know, our socializing and getting everyone out. So I say now it was a very important community need um, and problem that we were solving.
0: Yeah, well, it's so interesting you say that because isn't that what entrepreneurship is all about? Is to say, what need can I fill? Not what idea do I have that I can push? That was the jewelry business that didn't make money. Yes. We've all had those businesses.
1: Yes. But, uh,
0: you know, you said, hey, I think I see a need and I could fill that gap, right?
1: Yes. I think the key is always, you know, as you say, entrepreneurs, we're all the same. We've lots of great ideas. But the big challenge what you know, what I say to people now is go and look for opportunities. You know, look for opportunities and then figure out where your ideas and experience best fit. There's opportunities everywhere. There still is. You know, but think about, OK, how do you pick one or two of those and, and best fit it into, you know, your way of thinking and how you do things and, and how you could do it better?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's bring the story up to date then. And these days you're working with a lot of entrepreneurs as their advisor. Where do you find these entrepreneurs need the most help?
1: I mean, it, this is a type of entrepreneur is very specific that I work with. And mm-hmm. um, so I have and that's really based on my background um, my expertise, you know, I worked in hospitality and healthcare was scaling a business. And so I, I worked in my family business for a long time, as you know, and and during that time, we scaled that business from about 200 employees to about 700. So I would have opened a lot of, so I understand, you know, the highs and lows of that. So, you know, if I give any the type of entrepreneur first that I work with and then the challenges they have. So it's really entrepreneurs who are growing they've been in business quite a number of years but they want to go to the next level they either want to scale it up or they want to do something very different either in their own industry or disrupt another industry Um, they're big thinkers um, and very ambitious but what comes with that is a lot of challenges Um, so they you know they want to do the creative piece in terms of ideas they probably have done it themselves starting the business, but you know, now growing the business, they have to, as I say, feed the machine, mm-hmm. which is run the business. And, and actually they get frustrated then because they lose what they were good at. And, and you said it re-sparked the, the creativity. And then the process very much around how do you instill that creative spark and culture in your company that you're constantly, your team's coming up with ideas, solving problems. And, you know, and that's the bit for me that every single leader needs more than anything else you know we've seen it this year you know no leader has all the answers I don't believe they ever did have all the answers but they certainly don't now and it's the leaders who have the ability to get the best out of their teams and so that's the first big challenge you know because that is not easy and it's a a discipline and a work and training and development Mm -hmm. and the other piece I see is a challenge for these people is the business is like their baby so they're, all their effort goes into their business and scaling and growing and developing it. But they don't do the same effort into themselves personally. And, you know, when I say to people, your business will only grow to the level that you are. And that's where the buyer, you know, so it, it nearly quite often goes too far and goes to kind of fall off the cliff when it gets too big and they can't, I don't mean they can manage the day-to-day, but they can't manage the growth consistently either. So either they burn out or their personal life's impacted or the business suffers or generally all three. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has happened to me as well. I mean, there's nothing I teach and work with these people that I haven't been through myself. And, you know, like any business, the people side of it, one of the things that I've always been very passionate about and, and certainly why I do this is there is so, so much potential in every person. The You know, one of the top jobs of any leader and certainly the entrepreneurs I work with, you're only going to have a great company if you are the have the ability to get greatness out of your people. Mm-hmm more than anything. So, you know, I do a lot of work with them around that because my background obviously was healthcare and hospitality. So very people focused in terms of developing them.
0: Yes, exactly. And I can't help but think the. It's almost counterintuitive. They want to scale the business and yet it's their baby and they're afraid to let go and get the team more involved, right? That there's mm-hmm. still a, a command and control mentality. I mean, I, like you, I've probably uh, suffered that myself that you, know, you think you have to make every decision, come up with every new idea. How do you help these entrepreneurs you know, widen their viewpoint to include more people in the business? Get yeah no there's customers. certain processes yeah. i mean the
1: first thing i would say so if i you know i can use a case study of a business that i opened so i disrupted the elderly care market in ireland in 2018 completely and you know if i give you some of the steps we use so the first thing i say to people is you only think as wide as the people that are around you so what you generally find in industries people hang out with the people in their industry or they you know people that they know or they grew up with and so i make the entrepreneurs first and foremost You know, I don't mean come out of that completely, but think about where else they are going to go. Is it mastermind groups? Is it other industries? So, you know, for that healthcare business, we looked at hospitality. We looked at really high end retail in terms of their service offering. um, And we looked at best practice purposefully. The second thing I did was external people that I brought onto that team. I call them um, or the term I heard actually from a a great guy was naive experts. So you don't just bring in naive people who you haven't got a clue about anything, but you bring in people that do not work in your industry because they think the same as you do and you don't need that. So you know we brought in five external people to that project and the one number one thing I said to the board was none of them are going to have worked in healthcare before. And everyone thought I was completely crazy and that changed the dynamics hugely in that project. Um, the other thing then is you need to pick, so when you put a team together, so I had... I get the entrepreneurs to pick a team of maybe eight or nine, you know, motivated. And, it's you know, people think motivated means, oh, the loudest, the brashest, you know, the people who, you know, and you know, the same as me, Mark, sometimes the people who show themselves the loudest to the leader are not the ones on the ground who are are doing the most. (laughs) They just have the highest volume. (laughs) Yeah. So you have to have some way of, you know, so I would have been watching all the time, like very introverted people. And some of the best ideas came from, you know, very young staff. Again, when someone comes into your company early on, I would always say the entrepreneur, you need to go and talk to that person. You need to ask them, like, what are you doing well? What are you not doing well? Because the minute they're in the company a couple of months, they're already ingrained in your way of thinking. But it's, it's disciplines. It's not just, you know, people think, oh, one off, let's bring everyone into the room and they'll all come up with ideas and it'll all happen. Absolutely not. You know, we know ourselves like. No one just comes up with a magic idea when they're asked for it. You know, I say to people, when do you come up with your best ideas? And of course, the answer is out for a walk, in the shower, or when I'm just about to get into bed. And that is because, you know, again, another discipline is your mind is slowing down. So you're getting into your subconscious mind. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, Einstein said your pr- your solutions don't come from the same place the problems did. So we're so busy. One of the big challenges that happened last year for entrepreneurs, and, and rightly so, it should have been this way, but they they literally had to feed the beast of all the challenges and all the you know, so they're coming into this year, they're tired, they're burnt out, you know, they have another mountain to climb, but they need to come up for air and they need to take a step back and breathe and get time out. You know, one of the things I find, I just get them out of the business and get a few hours to help them think properly and, and slow their mind down because that is where the best ideas are going to come from. Not when they're in the middle of, you know, rushing around doing emails, having meetings
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and their team's the same.
0: Well, those are good insights uh, and also very practical. Yeah, I love the fact that you said you sort of went outside your day-to-day industry. You know, this is even for you personally. You had a lot of hospitality experience Mm -hmm. early on, which also I think gave you a global exposure Mm -hmm. uh, because you worked in a number of different companies. Uh, Maybe you could share a little bit about those experiences.
1: So, yeah, so my first role, I was in London twice. My first role, I worked in Marks & Spencer. So that's a really high-end food retailer in the UK. And I was very lucky to work at the very start of the product development process there. So, I you know, we were in the innovation and the really high-end quality stage. So I could get to see and learn about processes and systems to put in early on in a business to create that culture. And that gave me, I mean, I got to work with, you know, 20 of the best chefs in the UK I got to see, you know, people think creative thinking is an art. You know, you know, as well as I do, it's a science.
0: Very much so. You know,
1: it's not a, you know, it's not airy-fairy. It's not, oh, I draw one picture and it looks amazing. It's continuous process and and systems as well. And, and again, a lot of entrepreneurs hate systems and process and discipline. So that was my first project. Then I came back into the family business. And I mean, I, at 24, I was managing our biggest home our biggest care home with 120 staff Um, so that was a very operational role and but my my passion and expertise is growth and development next level and innovation that creative thinking how do we push to the next level how do we do something different um, and how do we bring the people along with us that's so I, I worked in the business for you know 15 years opened four of them was the HR manager for years we'd no HR team procurement director for a number of years very much involved in the the growth and development from a strategic and operational point of view, the whole culture of the company. Um, And then I trained, obviously, professionally as a coach and and my passion now, you know, I left the business to start this business. And I just, you know, I just really believe that there's amazing, you know, entrepreneurs who are doing great things. And like me, there's things that are holding them back. And if I can get in alongside them and Help them get those things out of the way to accelerate their success and the success of their teams. They will just achieve the things they want to achieve so much quicker, and they will be able to have. I mean, I believe great entrepreneurs have a massive impact in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, those who really want meaning, who really want to do positive things, and and that's my passion. If I can, the more of those people I can work with, the more impact that I can have on the world.
0: Yeah, and you stress that yeah the team obviously how you interact with your people internally, but I think you were touching on as well how you serve your customers, Mm -hmm. and I was just curious about the I guess lessons learned from hospitality you know at Marks and Spencer at hotels you might have uh, also had exposure to, but that kind of high level, I I guess I could even call it luxury you know, but Mm -hmm. certainly a quality experience to the customers. How did that fit into your creative thinking?
1: You know, it's like anything, you know, unless someone's going to pay for it and value it, it's not a business. Um, You know, I, one of the business that I, when I disrupted the healthcare industry, we were charging 40% more than our competitors in an industry, which is very price sensitive. So, you know, everyone said people will not pay the money. I fundamentally believe in every industry, people will pay the money when they see the value in it. But you're, you know, so the bit about the creative thinking is your customers have to tell you what the value is. You know, we all, uh, you know, we had lots of ideas. We think they want this. We think this will be important. And then we went out. One of the key things we did in that project was we went out and had focus groups. Mm -hmm. And not only with, you know, our customers in the care home were elderly people, but actually they weren't the customers paying the bills. It was their children. And actually another customer is healthcare professionals. So Mm -hmm. we had lots of inverted commas customers, but we went out and just, you know, very simple questions like what is working in the industry what is not working you know if you had a crystal ball what would you like to see in an inertia home? what and it's people think it's like big massive magic stuff it's really small things very often and you know i always say creativity is l- lots and lots and lots and lots of small things that make the overall big impact i think when people think about creativity they think of steve jobs coming up with the iphone you know you know better than me mark that happens yeah once in a lifetime yeah
0: that's a lightning bolt moment you know that's just like but
1: i mean no doubt steve jobs went through like edison thousands and millions of lots of versions of not coming up with that idea so you know creativity for me ties in with constantly making things better and constantly solving problems and getting them out of the way that's creative thinking and but no the customer is key and and they're very honest with you hospitality is an amazing industry because you you know Two sides of the coin. It's great because you get instant feedback from the customer. It's absolutely terrible because you get instant feedback from the customer. (laughs) You know, and they walk more and more. uh, They walk very quickly with their feet. Mm -hmm. Um, So unless you're talking to them constantly. So there's some industries where, you know, I work with entrepreneurs and I, they have to put in a proactive approach to talking to customers and make it a conscious decision. We're in hospitality. We didn't have to. But we had to take it on board what they were saying so it's just again creative thinking around that and and you know in, in any of the projects i do customer experiences at the center we do a whole process around the customer journey now a process makes it sound very complex it's not it's a flip chart with where do we touch the customer in the whole journey here and how do we make each point exceptional and um, so if i give you an example in the industry for example in care homes or in a hotel, a show round of the building, if you you know were a client, historically in the nursing home would have been maybe 20 minutes. When we created ours, in the end, it was an hour and 15 minutes. So, you know, operationally, that's a lot more difficult, but we wanted the experience and the customer to walk away going, my God, if that's how you're treated when you go in as a visitor, imagine what you're treated like when you live there. But yeah, keep it, it, it simple as well.
0: And going back to your point about the, the small things, when you take that customer journey approach, and I've done those exercises with mm-hmm. the flip charts, paper, literally papering the wall yeah. uh, and say at each one of these points, what, what's even the smallest thing? Mm-hmm. So, and you think about those hospitality different. Somebody called me by name.
1: Somebody yeah, had there
0: was a flower on the table. Yeah. There was a you know it's like anything that could be different and I really mm-hmm. uh, like that approach. And I like that you're I'll say forcing but I mean you're imposing upon your clients the importance of that customer connection because you're right if you're so busy, you know, filling out the forms and managing the the business mm-hmm. and never leave your office you know, I, I had a, a friend in the business a long time ago call it muddy boots. Like you've got to get out in the field mm-hmm. and get your boots muddy yeah. uh, and, and talk to the customers. Mm. And, and do you find that some of your entrepreneurial clients say, I just wanted to run a business. I didn't know there would be customers to deal with. Are they surprised by the, the I guess, the customer engagement that's required to grow the business?
1: Yes, I think a lot, quite a lot of them know their business inside out and and they understand on one level the power of customers but they're like bakar we know this better like we know what they need and i said i understand that but the challenge is you first have to educate them on what they need and bring them along with you but you know they're paying the money so unfortunately it doesn't matter what you think if they're you know and, and that's a bit and that's the harsh reality you know when you, when you're getting pushed back on things and you know i i asked some of my team one day like who pays their wages and they said, "Oh, accounts." And I said, no, they just moved the beans around the table. Um, so, you know, when you never lose sight of that. But but you need to, you know, I think a lot of leaders think a successful leader or CEO is a big personality, very charismatic and out and about. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, I'm reading, I'm sure you've read it, good to great. Um, and those 11 leaders actually were never, ever in the public eye or the media. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't confuse, I don't want leaders to confuse their entrepreneurs, a big personality with, going out to talk to customers and building relationships. You know, there's very different ways. And that's where I work with each entrepreneur individually and and build it around their strengths and how they do it. You know, some people go out in big groups. Some people do it in one-to-one. Actually, the most powerful thing that I say to all entrepreneurs that still works, and actually it happened to me before Christmas, is a handwritten thank you card. There you go. Like, I mean, when you get a card through the post with your name and address on it it has been handwritten in nice handwriting and from someone to someone and a personal note inside because it never happens. Um, And I've used that throughout my career and I'm still blown away by very senior people who say to me, God, Cara, like thanks a million for sending that card. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you don't do anything else, you know, if you sent your top 20 clients a handwritten card, and I don't mean just like a Christmas card. So when you see a client has achieved something or they've just had a new baby or they've had an amazing milestone in their business, it's very, very powerful when you... Or left the phone, just lift the phone and ring them and say, God, I'm so delighted. And, and that's huge um, in my experience. That's
0: great. You know, and there was another thing about working with entrepreneurs that caught my eye in reading about your approach. And that is not just when, when entrepreneurs want to scale the business, you know, let's get bigger. But when they really want to uh, get re-energized for their true purpose, mm-hmm. that why did I do this to begin with? Or is there a higher vision, you know, and and I'm sure people, especially these days must be, there's got to be more than this, right? Mm. So what, what do you advise clients when they're really thinking about the true bigger picture, Mm. you know, not just a strategy for the business, but a vision for themselves?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I work, Mark, actually, I know I've talked a lot about business. I'm not the best mentor or coach for just strategy and processes and scaling a business, when I talk about scaling or growing, I'm talking exactly what you're saying, not just pounds in the bank. Um, a big part of my work is that, I mean, I, my title is Visionaire Success Coach. And that is because it's the vision, not only for the business, but the vision in your soul and heart of why you started this and, and what you want to do with it. So there's a number of things, you know, we go back to the beginning in the sense of, OK, what did you want to get from this? You find quite a lot of entrepreneurs The the business engulfs them and they lose themselves a bit because the business gets bigger than they are Mm -hmm. and they have to start doing a lot of things that they don't enjoy doing. And again, it's back to they're just feeding the beast. So it's reigniting, as you say, what was that original passion? And you find a lot of them don't, you know, quite a few of them don't have the ability to bring the team up to their level. So they just, they're just running on this treadmill to keep it all going. Um, So helping them slow down. And there's loads of techniques I use around how to get them. And that's where the creative bit, comes in i have to help reignite their creative thinking because they've i don't mean they've lost but they've shut off a lot of that because their their mind is just full of i just have to keep this going so that creative thinking piece comes in really really important in terms of you know their meaning and their vision and what they want in life not you know it's so important for me that it's not just about an inverted the success of a business for me is not the money the success is it's financially viable that you can keep it going your team are happy you're making a real impact in the world. And most importantly, you've got real meaning in your own life. And um, so that's where I tie it all together in terms of, of working with, with all of it, with the, with the entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, those are great tenants. Well, Kara, I'd love to imagine that you and I are having coffee at one of your local Belfast coffee shops. What, name, name one. What, what's your favorite coffee shop in your neighborhood?
1: Oh my goodness that's a really good question um oh general merchants would be would be one of my favorites beautiful right. brunch well
0: great well let's imagine you and I are a general merchants and I ask you about your own vision and your own uh, purpose especially in the coming year and maybe as we turn the corner in our global crisis here what do you see coming for you Kara in your business
1: my vision honestly in the next few years I you know one of the things I want to do is put 20 of these you know the biggest thinking most purposeful entrepreneurs that want to make a huge impact in the world together you know from 20 different industries the ideas the you know and if I can create that mix of them and the impact that they're going to have on the world is just going to be phenomenal I you know I just know you know my main strength and what I love doing is helping elevate these people to a different level that they never believed possible themselves and them ringing me in a year's time saying, "Car, like you wouldn't believe, like my business is doing 20% more than it was last year profit. But actually I'm only having to work 20 hours a week and the other 20 hours a week I'm getting to, you know, I'm setting up a foundation. I'm developing young people. I'm doing, you know, so they've got other things that they always wanted to do in their life. That honestly, in the next few years for me would would just be unbelievable. Um, and what sort really
0: of, what sort of forum or format or relationship do you see with those 20?
1: Um, so there's one-to-one with me and then they'll be in in groups together. At the minute, I'm just doing one-to-one work with clients, you know, and I'm really looking at clients who are in that bracket, you know, big thinking, they're growing, they've been in an industry a long time. And as you say, they're at a point now where they want more than just the financial success of the business so they want to grow in in other ways um, and really have meaning and they know they need to do it differently you know industries healthcare hospitality food industries technology you know just amazing minds but but the right ethos in terms of their own purpose and, and vision is is really important to put them together
0: well maybe some of those 20 are listening and uh we'll start building that base even today
1: Oh, that would be amazing.
0: We'll always remember the virtual coffee we had at General Merchants. Uh, well, I
1: imagine, it, Mark, you are you wanted to come to Belfast, so as soon as you come, that'll be the first place I'll take you for that, well, that coffee.
0: That sounds fantastic. Well, Cara Macklin has been my guest. Cara, you know, you've got uh, lots of things going on, your own business, your own consulting and advising to clients. Where can we follow you and find you and learn more about your work?
1: Sure. So I'm on LinkedIn, obviously, Karen Macklin. That's my main social media platform and Facebook. And I've also created um, a hidden page on my website specifically for your listeners. So I've got a webinar that, that they can download. So, you know, a lot of the tips and things I've done. So it's my website, which is caram.org.uk forward slash unlocking your world of creativity. So when mm-hmm. they go into that page, obviously, they'll see your logo and whatnot, and that's where they can get the the free download um, of the the webinar and and listen a bit more in terms of some of my advice and and what can help them. Well, listeners,
0: I really encourage you to take advantage of that. I'll have the link in the show notes. Well, Kara, I just can't thank you enough for a fantastic conversation. I think about even how it's recharged my batteries. If you're having a slow week and you say, you know, I got to find some new ideas, you've really given me lots to work with.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Mark. It's been a real pleasure, and I can't wait to to take you to General Merchants.
0: Yeah, well, let's do it as soon as possible. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. My thank my passport
0: you. is up to date, and there's a page, you know, for Northern Ireland and the UK to uh, brilliant. stamp it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. You should write in pencil. You should write that on the top of the page to reserved for. That's it. Right. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, folks, my guest has been Cara Macklin. She's just a terrific advisor and entrepreneur. And I really appreciated her advice on her own creative thinking, but also how to inspire and recharge from her own experience. She's also given us some, Tools and formulas and tenets of uh, creativity that we can use. And most of all, I think she's shared with us how to make connections, how to reach out, get out of our own offices, get out of our own heads, and talk to our customers and promote our creative work and listen in a totally new and different way. So thanks for that, Kira. Really appreciate it. No problem. And listeners, look forward to having you back on our next episode where we'll get more advice from worldwide experts, creative talent in all sorts of industries. And most of all, we'll look for the latest and best advice to help get your creative fires burning and to get your work out into the world. I'm Mark Stenson. This has been Unlocking Your World of Creativity. We'll see you next time.
1: Unlocking your world of creativity
0: with mark stinson copyright 2020 we've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast you can get our book a world of creativity paperback is at a special price of 5.98 and the kindle version is only 99 cents go to my website mark-stinson.com the book is featured on the home page you can click it and go to amazon mark-stenson.com and enjoy the book.